Take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Amen. Of the list of strange things I have done in my life, one of them was to camp out for several hours in the parking lot of a church I was in a core process with to be their next rector. To immediately put minds at rest, I have never, nor will I ever, camp out in my vehicle in the All Saints parking lot. Besides, Randy Miller, our security director, would never let it happen. Back then, we had a dirty, crimson-colored Chrysler Town and Country minivan, which apparently my wife, Monica, still misses. In fact, if she were forced to choose between me and old Bertha, my place in the family might just be in peril. In her defense, it did have a lot of space, which I was glad of the day I drove to a church parking lot in the San Diego area, so I could literally sit in place, hoping to hear whether this was or was not a future God was inviting me into. Now, I know that for churches, searches for new rectors involve a lot of moving parts. Some of you may be still having nightmares about it. In fact, there are probably been military campaigns to invade foreign countries that have been less complicated than an Episcopal church search process for new clergy leadership. I also like a thorough process for discernment. But in the end, I tend to decide such things with my gut. Do I feel God drawing me forward or not? Twelve years in higher education, several master's degrees and a PhD later, and to hear that what I value most of all is my gut may or may not make you feel better about my leadership here at All Saints. But it's true. For me, God's invitation into the future is a feeling, a tug at the heart, the presence of something a whole lot holier than my credentials or powers of deduction could ever be. In fact, looking back after 48 years, my most significant decisions of the course of my life probably come down to just a few hours of spiritual conviction that have led me to conclude that either God is or God is not in this leap of faith I'm contemplating. Those hours of spiritual gut reading led me to leave behind a PhD place in London and a career in psychology, instead to become a missionary in India. They led me to put myself forward for ordination. They led me to emigrate here to the United States, and they have led me back and forth across this country and all in response to God's movement in my heart. I wonder if you've ever sat in one place contemplating your future. If you haven't, try it out sometime. It's fascinating how time takes on a different quality when we sit still. As I sat in our luxuriously spacious minivan, I enjoyed the stillness of seeing, then hearing, and finally feeling the world around me go by while I just stayed in place. Truth is that part of me wanted to lead that church, but I was never sure. And sometimes that is just the way things are when it comes to discernment. In the end, for as long as I stayed, I never felt 
a sense that this was a door set open for me, perhaps for somebody else. So I drove away with a strange mixture of sadness and liberation. I withdrew from the search process, knowing that another door would open, which in the end was the one that led me here. I share all of this out of a suspicion that we spend much less time than we should being still, and far less time than we could asking what God is up to in our lives. The Gospels make it pretty clear that Jesus had a consistent practice of finding those minivan meditation moments in his own life of ministry. He was a lover of mountains. Having been to Galilee, it is easy to see why. His times apart were not retreats to vast distances away, leaving behind the relationships he was forming and being formed by, but relatively short walks. Early mornings up slopes from the shores of the Sea of Galilee, sunrises over the water, times of quiet and solitude. The place where tradition holds that Jesus may have taught his disciples the Beatitudes, which we hear today in Matthew's Gospel, occurring on the mountain, has a wonderful vantage point to look over the settlements along the lake below. Those mountaintop views must have offered a physical image of what the heart in prayer and contemplation seeks, which is to see more of the whole picture. I think Jesus needed that, and there's no doubt that we need it too. Think about your own life, if you would. Climb up to higher ground. What do you see? Are you happy? Do you feel peace more often than you feel anxiety? Are you at one with those around you or are there fractures in some of your relationships? Are you doing, in the words of the prophet, uh, poet, with your one wild and precious life what you had hoped you might do? Or is there a new future that God is inviting you into? The trick about contemplating God's movement in our lives is that it often serves as the fertile ground for change. And as we know, change isn't easy. After all, leaps of faith are called leaps for a reason. Sometimes you land your feet squarely on the next rock in the river and sometimes you don't quite make it and you end up getting your feet wet. If the path of faith was just a matter of walking a straight line, then faith wouldn't really come into it. I'll be honest, though, I sometimes wonder what it might have been like to be more sedentary, to stay closer to home and not take so many leaps along the way. I've wondered what it might have been like to see my family more often or not to go into the priesthood or not to say yes to the roads I have traveled when taking other roads could have been easier. Change is costly. Yet the pain of change is also the only way we get to grow. There really is no debating the fact that All Saints is living in a time of tremendous change. A pandemic has changed all of us in some way or other. 
The broader shifts in religious affiliation are diversifying how people experience spirituality and at the same time drawing many younger generations away from organized religion. Atlanta, especially where we are in Midtown, is changing rapidly. And as a parish, as a community of all sorts, we are also changing. We are incrementally less white than we used to be. Perhaps we're a little more economically diverse than we used to be too. Not every preacher in this pulpit is an Episcopalian. And more and more of us join this church community from traditions beyond Anglicanism. Some of us wear suits to church and others of us wear jeans. And both sets are allowed in. We're singing new songs literally and figuratively. Indeed, as we set a door open for the diverse human family resident in this city, we leave that door open for us to be changed. Not simply by who makes up this parish, but more fundamentally in the kind of community we now hear God inviting us to become. During the Sunday school hour today, I will share what we have been hearing from one another about that invitation, asking as we have what God is up to in our midst, placing ourselves, I suppose, in the proverbial parking lot for a while as we seek to see God's bigger picture for the future of the life of faith that we share together here. It is not easy to be still and listen in a world so impatient for the next thing. Yet when we listen, we have the opportunity to hear how the God who called the people of Micah's age to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly calls us to live into that invitation in our own place and time. God's future is always bigger than our past. I invite you to step into that future with confidence and joy. For the one who calls is faithful.